We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The liberal snowflakes have their safe space. Conservatives believe in sovereign space. Welcome into your sovereign place. You're in the Sovereign Radio Show Studios. Broadcasting from the belly of the beast of Main Street Media. Uncensored and unfiltered. You're listening to Sovereign Radio. Sovereign Radio will bring context to the issues and events that impact you, your family, and your job or your business. We're here to inform, educate, and expose the powerful global elite, the deep state. You're part of the information war on your TV, your radio, your desktop. Your devices have been infected with a virus known as fake news. Sovereign Radio is the anecdote. Sovereign Radio allows you to think critically, do your own research, and draw your own conclusions. We won't let the global institutions and their bought-off media shape the narrative. Sovereign Radio will present the issues, events, and stories in a way the mainstream media will never give them to you. Uncensored and unfiltered. Straight up. Geopolitics. The central bank fiat money system. Technology. Business and things uncommon. Get ready to lock and load. Now, here's the host of Sovereign Radio, Scotty Sachs. Friends, Americans, patriots, lend me your ears. I've come to bury the globalists, their political hacks, and the mainstream media, not to praise them. Welcome to Sovereign Radio. I'm your host, Scotty Sachs. Thanks for joining me today as we broadcast on KYYW, 1470 AM in Texas, and KCBQ 1170 AM, The Answer, in San Diego, California. Welcome back to our returning listeners in Texas and California, as well as streaming online in countries around the world, including Mexico, Canada, Australia, and Romania. To our new listeners in San Diego, and this is our sixth week, and in Texas, we're now in our third year broadcasting on air, so if you're just finding the show, it's great to have you on board, and welcome to Sovereign Radio. I hope to become a trusted source of truth as we expose the stories and issues you won't hear in the mainstream media or they simply lie about. My guests and I always want to present the truth as best we can share and to the best of our abilities. Now, here's the bottom line to Sovereign Radio. You do some critical thinking and research if you're so inclined and come to your own conclusions. Folks, we've been living in a matrix for decades And now the truth and the red pills are being dished out every day. And we all have to wake up and break out of the matrix at our own pace. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special show and a very special guest today. You know, I usually have two, three, even four guests within this hour show. But today I'm respecting my elders and dedicating the entire hour to one man, one very brilliant man named Art Thompson. Art Thompson was born in 1938. He attended the University of Washington and the Washington Military Academy, as well as other business-related institutions, before going into business for himself. Art joined the John Birch Society in May of 1964, and he rose to the ranks, serving as CEO for 15 years. 
was at the Berlin Wall when it was coming down. And during this tour, he became acquainted with many businessmen, academics, and members of the German cabinet and even the European Union. His many accomplishments include serving on his small town city council as chairman of his local chamber of commerce, as an official for the Republican Party, and as a local leader in the state of Washington for the Christian Coalition. He also served as an officer in the select reserve force of the Army and the National Guard. Art Thompson's been fighting the globalist cabal since he was in his early 20s. He's been working to expose the truth about many things, including the true history of this country, not the bogus history they're teaching in our schools today. Art's been exposing the communists that have infiltrated and subverted America at every level, government and business. And along with our guest a few weeks ago, Mr. G. Edward Griffin, Art's been exposing the corrupt central bank fiat money system for many years. Now, we'll talk about those things and more today in part one of my interview. Coming up now with Art Thompson, we get some insight to this living legend and his life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm grateful to bring you part one of my conversation with Art Thompson. You know, I grew up in a democratic city called Chicago, Illinois, and People didn't have anything nice to say about the John Birch Society. So I grew up thinking it was a far-right, crazy organization that wanted to overthrow our government. How wrong I was, of course. So let's start with uh, R. Thompson, though. Let's get your background first, and we'll come back to the issues of John Birch Society, what it's all about, what its mission is, and what they're doing today. But I want to hear about R. Thompson first. Tell us a little bit about your background, Art. Well, I grew up in a, in a uh, well, sometimes Republican, sometimes Democrat city, but all, all the time socialist. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Seattle. So uh, I, I uh, grew up an anti-communist. My dad uh, had me uh, read the biographies of all the signers of the Declaration of Independence before I was eight years old. Uh, he had me read the Constitution and Declaration of Independence and understand them. I became a anti-communist very early on in my uh, life, and uh, I remained such. Served time in uh, brief time in the Army and Reserve. I worked at Boeing for a number of years. I actually, early in my life, in my very early 20s, uh, infiltrated Marxist organizations I did it in tandem with the Seattle Police Intelligence Squad, which doesn't exist anymore. But uh, I learned a great deal about what was going on in politics in my home state. And I was able to uh, to expose some of that. But along came the John Birch Society. And uh, ultimately, I joined it, became a chapter leader, formed new chapters in my area, served as a chairman in various uh, ad hoc committees, especially the support your local police committees. Uh, they asked me finally to g- join the staff of the society, which I did. I served in that position for about 10 years and then quit to go back into business. Uh, and then I did that for about 10 years, but I missed the fight full time. I wanted to get back into it full time and rejoined the staff of the society in 1995 and from there, I moved up through various responsibilities in the field and then finally in headquarters. And then finally, in 2005, the executive committee asked me to become the CEO, which I served at for 15 years. 
Now I'm retired writing books. And uh, one of the books that I wrote is The World of Soros, which I'm going to be talking about this uh, next week. We'll talk about that event coming up. But two things about your background strike me are very, very much so. One, what was going through your head as an eight-year-old kid when you were reading the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence? Did it seem joyful and fun or did it seem like a chore? No, it was presented to me in a way that made it fun. Uh, in fact, I just got through uh, completing a history of the United States with a gentleman by the name of Steve uh, Bias uh, for uh, p- private schools, which we are trying to make it very much uh, fun to study the the principles of the United States. It, it's, you know, a lot of people, they study the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, but they kind of don't get the background of it. Uh, the you know it, we live in a in an age of American exceptionalism, but they think that American exceptionalism has something to do with us as a people, and it, it, that that doesn't uh, that's not it at all. We are a, a melting pot of all the people of the world, so we're no different than anybody else. We're not exceptional. What is exceptional is our system of government, and it's not taught in the schools any longer. For instance, back in the middle fifties. The Supreme Court, a very socialist-oriented Supreme Court at the time, ruled that we could no longer have prayer and God in the schools. Well, if you can't believe that there's a God in the schools, you can't teach the Declaration of Independence, which states that our rights come from God. And so that's the exception. No other country declares that. No other country has independent local police departments beholding and controlled by the local citizens through their city council. So these are some exceptions to the rule, if you will, American exceptionalism that a lot of people don't understand. Adults that even went through school like I did. I I got taught crazy things when I was in school in Seattle uh, in the early 50s uh, in my civics classes and so on and so forth. I didn't really learn very much about American government except what my dad taught me and then what I learned after I got out of school. That is learning to to really appreciate it. I always was a patriot, but being in love with your country doesn't necessarily mean you understand the system of government that made it great to make you proud of your country, to love your country. And and that's the thing that I see missing in the world today in uh, in the United States. So good to hear a man say these things, Art. We don't get enough of it. Um, I love that you infiltrated a uh, communist organization. We are infiltrating mainstream radio. Sovereign Radio <laughs> is on mainstream radio in Texas and here in San Diego, California. And the program directors know what we're doing at these stations. They know we're talking about things that you don't hear in the mainstream media. So I love the fact you infiltrated this organization. Tell me about that infiltration. I'm very curious. Well, I did not join the Communist Party because I was not willing to go that far. You have to do some immoral things to be a a member of the Communist Party, and you're under their direct control. I was a member of the uh, youth arm of the Socialist Party. I was in the ACLU. I was in the SANE uh, Committee for a SANE Nuclear Policy and an old number of organizations like that. In fact, I was even named a delegate to the uh, National uh, Convention of the Socialist Party. I didn't go, 
but uh, that's another story. But I did it because I could get this information from them and I couldn't get otherwise, which I in turn publicized. I put it out, information to people as to what I was finding out and learning. And I was learning an awful lot. Uh, it was during the day when, when there was a lot of violence in the streets, for instance. I was able to show that the city editor of the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, which was one of the two main newspapers in Seattle, was actually uh, the chairman of the Young People's Socialist League. Uh, they didn't tell the readers that, and he, he became the editor of the, of the paper to where he was controlling all of the content of the newspaper. When we come back, we're just getting started as I continue my conversation with Art Thompson. Art tells us how he literally infiltrated the Communist Party at 21 years old. It's all straight ahead as Sovereign Radio rolls on. Scotty Sachs here. I'm saluting patriot entrepreneur Mike Lindell. Mike and I both have the badge of honor and God's humility for infiltrating and subverting mainstream media and their sycophants while exposing the truth. Now, my pillow and Mike's media companies are slashing prices in support of Sovereign Radio with some great my pillow specials for you when you use promo code SR2022. Promo code SR2022 will open deep discounts and savings like pillows as low as 1988. Get a top shelf quality pillow for as little as 1988 or the biggest bed sheet sale in my pillow history with the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as 29.98 or slippers just 49.98. Go to sovereignradio.net. That's sovereignradio.net and click on the my pillow logo in the upper right hand corner and save up to 66% with promo code SR2022. When it comes to talking about the left, His tongue is so sharp, he can cut an 18-ounce prime rib without a knife. Now, back to Scotty. Welcome back to Sovereign Radio. I'm your host, Scotty Sachs. Now let's jump right back into my interview with Art Thompson, as Art explains how he infiltrated the Communist Party in his early 20s. Here's part two of my conversation with Art Thompson. Art, how old were you when you uh, infiltrated the Communist Party? Well, I was... uh... I about 21, 22, 23, 24, somewhere in there. That, that's amazing to me. You and G. Edward Griffin, boy, you guys were ahead of the curve. How did you see the world, besides reading the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence as an eight-year-old, how did you see the world for what it was? How, how did you see the people running the world, the government, the media, uh, and their sycophants. How did you see them as communists? How did you break through that barrier? Because I didn't see it for a whole lot of years. I even told by June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash in the 80s that the media and the music industry was run by Luciferian Satanists, even told by Peter Jennings in the 80s that the media narrative was a construct, that everything we hear on TV it's a media construct. It still didn't get through my thick head. How did you get it through your head at 21, Art? Well, I don't really know how to answer that question. I just observed what was going on. Uh, one of the things, for instance, uh, if I, I, I used to walk all over the city of Seattle. And downtown by the Pike Street Market, which is, uh, you know, one of the most famous landmarks uh, in, in Seattle, 
people would be standing on the street corner selling the communist newspaper, the worker. Uh, they would be plastering uh, communist posters all over the place. And they would put posters on top of posters that, that actually negated what the first poster said. It was, it was amazing to see the hypocrisy uh, and the twists and turns and zigs and zags of the Communist Party line uh, in this process. For, let me give you an example. During the Korean War, they said, we got to get rid of that guy, MacArthur. He's terrible. Let's get rid of him. He's, you know, he's a real bad guy. He's a terrible general. He's committing genocide and all this stuff. Then Truman fired him, and right over those 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 uh, those billboards, they plastered another one. That says that terrible Truman. He fired MacArthur. <laughs> so they they completely reversed their opinion overnight. And I thought that's really a hypocritical thing. And it showed me right away that these people really had no morals. They had no real uh, foundation. Whatever it took to get their uh, agenda forward, that's what they did. So I could see some of those things up close and personal. Let's talk about the John Birch Society. What was their mission and purpose when you ran the organization? It hasn't changed any, I don't believe. And what, what are they doing today? Tell us about past and present uh, mission of the John Birch Society? Well, primarily what we do is to work to preserve the independence and uh, the concept of the American people and the U.S. Constitution. And how we do that is patterned on the committees of correspondence plus action. Now, the committees of correspondence, if you remember, uh, was the primary educational organization in the 1770s, which educated the American people, which led to the War of Independence. And uh, once the war started, they pretty much dissolved because they had formed a a, a Continental Congress. Uh, They had uh, state governments, uh, you know, established that were pretty much on the side of independence and so on and so forth. So their job really wasn't done, though. They didn't realize that that they would run into problems once the country was founded. Uh, And the the country really had problems once it was founded that are not in our history books today. For instance, I like to ask people, did you know that when Philadelphia was the capital of the United States before they built Washington, D.C., that there was a riot of 10,000 people looking for Washington, D.C., excuse me, looking for George Washington to hang him and overthrow the government? I didn't know that when I went to school, and most people don't know that today, but it's true. And in a letter by John Adams to, uh, by, to Jefferson later on, he said he felt that the only thing that saved the republic at that time was a yellow fever epidemic, which overtook the city of Philadelphia and all the outside ag- agitators uh, stayed away from town. The people that lived there closed their shutters and stayed home, as a matter of fact, uh, the grandson of uh, Benjamin Franklin died as a result of this yellow fever epidemic. But at any rate, those are some of the, just a, a manifestation of, of the, some of the problems that ensued under the Washington administration, where we almost lost our country at that time. Most people are not taught that aspect of history. And, and so the, the problem was that if the committees of correspondence had remained in, uh, in play, they would have alleviated a lot of those riots and, and problems that they had. 
which was essentially imported from revolutionary France. But that's a long story, and I put it in my book, To the Victor Go the Myths and Monuments. But what the, the purpose of the John Birch Society today is to educate the American people on history, on the principles of the United States upon which they were founded, etc., and then put that into action. In other words, to preserve our local police, to get us out of the United Nations, to get people understanding the problems of the environmental movement and how that's going to control all of their lives to where they won't even be able to own automobiles, electric or otherwise, into the future, all of that sort of thing. Uh, the idea that the uh, that free trade is not free trade, it's a backdoor toward uh, merging the United States into a one-world government by first uh, merging us uh, through so-called trade with other nations. For instance, the UM, USMCA, uh, which is the United States-Canada-Mexico agreement, which is uh, going forward under the banner of trade. But in reality, if you look at it very closely, it turns a great deal of our uh, government over to the United Nations. 3,000 pages long when it was uh, implemented. And you don't need 3,000 pages to say we're going to have free trade between your country and our country. All you need is a single sheet of paper saying we will not interfere with our businessmen trading with your businessmen. Very simple. But the minute that you get government involved in trade, it is no longer free. It is controlled. And people haven't been able to figure that out because they'd never get past the title. You know, nobody reads that 3,000 pages. I don't think Trump, for instance, went down to the Oval Office one day and says, well, I got the time now. I'm going to sit and read this before we ratify it. And he just took the word of, of Lighthizer, who was the negotiator, uh, and Lighthizer is a one-worlder guy. But at any rate, but those are the some of the things that we educate the people on to forewarn them, therefore forearm them as to what's going on so they can put pressure on their congressmen by educating their congressmen and then seeing how they vote and holding them accountable to the, to the, uh, the, the parameters of the United States Constitution. So that's, in a, in a very, very brief uh, description of what we do in the society, we, are, we rest everything on education first. We all, we all, everything we do is based on what we know, right? It doesn't matter what we do. And so voting is the same way. If you have the right information, you make the right decision. You don't even have to tell people how to vote if you've given them the right information. Uh, you don't have to tell them vote Republican or Democrat or this guy or that guy. Uh, if they have the right information and they understand it, then they'll make the right decision at the ballot box. It's that, it's that simple, and that's the way we operate. Coming up, part three of my interview with Art Thompson. Get ready, as Art does something few people can do, provide insight to how we defeat the globalist new world order through education and activation. You don't want to miss it. It's on the other side of our break as Sovereign Radio rolls on. Scotty Sachs here for 7K Metals. If you're listening to Sovereign Radio, you probably know the value of gold and silver. Whether you own gold and silver and want to buy more or want to make your first purchase ever, at 7K, we have an exclusive membership model that for the first time, regardless of your financial circumstances or how little you have to spend, makes buying gold and silver easy and accessible to you. 
We use the power of gold and silver to provide people like you financial independence, preserve wealth, and live an exceptional life. Our exclusive membership will give you access to the power of gold and silver at the absolute best prices. I'm a 7K satisfied member, and you will be too. Check out 7K online at SovereignRadio7K.com. That's SovereignRadio7K.com. Fill out our scheduled appointment form, and you'll automatically be entered to win a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin. There's no purchase necessary. Go to SovereignRadio7K.com now and click on the scheduled appointment form and enter to win a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin. May God have mercy upon liberals, because this man won't. From the Sovereign Radio Studio, here's Scotty Sachs. Welcome back to Sovereign Radio. I'm your host, Scotty Sachs. Now let's continue my conversation with Art Thompson. As Art explains how we defeat the globalist New World Order through education and activation. Art also explains how the satanic cabal use fear to carry out the pandemic or pandemic, as we call it here on Sovereign Radio. Here's part three of my interview with Art Thompson. Over the years, the globalist New World Order moved very slowly toward their one world government agenda. They're um, now out in the open with it. Klaus Schwab is out telling us that uh, the World Economic Forum says we will own nothing and we'll be happy. So they're not hiding it anymore. Art, how do we fight against this new world order agenda? How do you, how do we stop it? How do you feel we the people can get involved? I think the most important thing is people listening to the show, they're frustrated. They want to do something. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to get involved. How do we get involved to fight Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum One World Order? Well, first of all, uh, let me go back to something that I quote uh, uh, frequently, and that's a quote by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I apologize to your listeners for quoting him. (laughs) But nonetheless, he did say something that was very profound. And he said, nothing happens in politics that wasn't planned. If it happened, you can bet it was planned that way. And that is the thing is that unless you organize and plan to do things, nothing is going to change. So that means that we have to accept the responsibility, the civic responsibility, to get involved. Now, how do we do that? That's why Robert Welch formed the John Birch Society. For the first time in human history, on a permanent basis, an organization was put together to to educate and activate the people. Now, you might say, there's got to be other organizations out there. Well, they call themselves organizations, but regrettably, most of them are mailing lists, email lists, that kind of thing. Uh, they are people, uh, and don't take this wrong, I'm not uh, <laughs> aiming this at you two, but uh, they're, they're people who disseminate information over the air, but they have no real organization which they can channel people into doing things. And, and that's what the difference is between us and everybody else. We have a national com- uh, uh, field staff, for instance. We hire those people to go out and train and mentor and monitor local units in the neighborhoods all across our country of small chapters of people who are working on the same thing at the same time. 
not scattering our forces on the issue du jour, and taking a, a look at what we can put together as an agenda, which we've done, to counter the agenda of the other side. In other words, no single issue will defeat this new world order uh, coterie. It, you have to have a, 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 a counter agenda. Let me give you an example. As important as it is, uh, you could do away with all abortion in the United States and still go into the new world order. And a lot of those people that are involved by uh, in, in uh, pro-life organizations, God bless them, it's necessary. If we if all of abortion disappeared in the United States, most of those people would not be involved in anything else. And they must be. Uh, there are too many things that we could lose. Uh, for instance, uh, what, what's to prevent people from being put in concentration camps, for instance? Uh, you know, if, if you're in a pro-life organization, that kind of thing. Uh, so there, there's, there's a method to all of this, which most people don't seem to understand that you've got to organize and you've got to have a permanent agenda that sort of goes, let, let me back up a second and, and talk about a, a Western cowboy movie analogy. The sheriff and the posse knows that the, that the, that the uh, criminals are, are fleeing, that they have to go through a particular pass to escape. So the idea is to get that posse there to that pass before the, others, the, the criminals get there so that they can capture them and put them in jail. Well, that's what the John Birch Society is trying to do with our agenda, is if we can shut down that agenda of the other side before they get to that point of no return, then we will win. And we've been able to stop them for years and years. We calculate we've slowed them down by at least 60 years, and and we continue to do so. We've not been able to defeat them outright because we're not big enough to defeat them outright. And it takes a, a, a real commitment by people to stay the fight, to stay in the fight. Uh, I've been in it for, for 60 years. Uh, most people, you know, I know a lot of people that have, have done that, but most people, they can't, they can't do that. You know, they need some respite after a while. They, they, uh, they want to rest, so to speak. But we owe it to our children. We owe it to our grandchildren and those unborn to stick with this and fight them to the end, regardless of what the cost may be. Well said. Art, let's go back to your Franklin uh, Roosevelt quote. It is a great quote. The man had redeeming value after all, I guess. Um, But within that quote, that everything's planned, would you say the three biggest issues of our time, which I, I will call the pandemic, we call it the plandemic, because we do believe it was very well planned and executed. Uh, Mm -hmm. The pandemic, the election fraud, and the double-digit inflation, would you say these three things were all very well planned? Oh, yes, absolutely. I've documented on my own and put it in even in my book on uh, China that that for at least 12 years before the pandemic uh, hit, they were planning on it. They had planned uh, the virus, and they planned on what they were going to do with it. There's no question about that. How do you uh, see 
them carrying out a global? How did they manage to carry this out globally? Was it the power of their control of mainstream media, which we know they own 90% of media all around the world? Was it their uh, control of the political apparatus? Uh, or was it all, of, all, all those things? Did they use all of their weapons in the toolbox to control the world through this pandemic? Well, they did. And see, what they used was fear. They always used fear. Uh, the fear of war, fear of pandemic, uh, fear of economic collapse, whatever fear they can use at the moment. And uh, even some very good people that I know of fell, fell for this pandemic uh, uh, narrative. And um, to give you an idea, well, I, I don't need to get into it, I guess, but but there are a lot of people, as you well know, that that rushed right down to get the jab and and all the rest of it but my my grandson is a microbiologist and he worked in a laboratory that worked with pfizer and he would not allow his children and his wife nor himself to get the jab and interestingly enough that laboratory did not make it mandatory that their employees get the jab which is kind of interesting isn't it yeah, sure is. It uh, says a lot about the jab. Yeah, it does. And so uh, the thing is, uh, it, it cur- the, what the pandemic did was shut down uh, many of the ways that we were were uh, in educating and activating the people. It it literally eviscerated the first uh, the First Amendment terribly. We lost our freedom of speech. Uh, we lost our freedom of assembly. We lost our freedom of religion, uh, so on and so forth. It was terrible, uh, and 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 every almost I would say ninety percent of the people at least fell for it. I mean, look at the churches; they shut down instead of rising up and saying no way, and uh, and and they lost their freedom of religion. Can you imagine that that the the highest Christian holiday would be banned on Easter? Uh, and, and without a whimper from from the church leadership across the board, with some exceptions, but that's the sort of thing that that they do. Now they're they're using the fear of war, aren't they? Don't touch that dial. Up next in our final segment, Art and I discuss the many wars that are proliferating around the world, and they're not traditional military wars, but asymmetric wars. And for our listeners in California information about a live event upcoming Monday where Art will speak about his new book, The World of Soros Influencing Elections. We all know the impact George Soros has had destroying countries and subverting our elections. It's all on tap next as Sovereign Radio continues. Scotty Sachs here for 7K Metals. If you're listening to Sovereign Radio, you probably know the value of gold and silver. Whether you own gold and silver and want to buy more, or want to make your first purchase ever, at 7K, we have an exclusive membership model that for the first time, regardless of your financial circumstances or how little you have to spend, makes buying gold and silver easy and accessible to you. We use the power of gold and silver to provide people like you financial independence, preserve wealth, and live an exceptional life. Our exclusive membership will give you access to the power of gold and silver at the absolute best prices. I'm a 7K satisfied member, and you will be too. 
Check out 7K online at SovereignRadio7K.com. That's SovereignRadio7K.com. Fill out our scheduled appointment form, and you'll automatically be entered to win a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin. There's no purchase necessary. Go to SovereignRadio7K.com now and click on the scheduled appointment form and enter to win a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin. We are in a spiritual war. Now, back to the man on a mission to explain why God wins, Scotty Sachs. Welcome back to Sovereign Radio. I'm your host, Scotty Sachs. We're in the home stretch, folks, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to our Thompson as much as I've enjoyed interviewing this sage man. He's 83 years young. Now, here's our final segment, part four of my conversation with our Thompson. Well, Art, I want to ask you what I asked G. Edward Griffin, since he's one of your contemporaries. You guys are, I think, very aligned in, in a lot of ways. Uh, the author of The Creature of Jekyll Island, the greatest book ever written to expose the Federal Reserve. I want to ask you, we're in a number of wars going on. We have military wars going on in the form of spe- special operations by Russia and Ukraine. We have economic wars happening right now. Which great reset will, which reset will we get? The great reset or, uh, the reset that we, the people need with real sound money? We're in a biological war with this, uh, jab. We're in a war for our children with their human trafficking and pedophilia that they're so attached to. Uh, we're, we have a war for our elections. Uh, no doubt we have an information war and a spiritual war. So all that being said, I feel it is my contention, if we can win the information war and the spiritual war, we can defeat the globalist cabal. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I believe that. Uh, the only caveat I would say is that uh, you can win a spiritual war, but if you don't understand the wiles of the conspiracy, you know, you'd still fall into a lot of traps. And uh, that's, you know, by the way, that book, uh, you know, a Creature from Jekyll Island, I don't know if you knew it or not, but we paid for the research for that book. Oh, I didn't know that. You guys helped you ever get that book written, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. The first, uh, edition, the first edition was done under American opinion. I mean, that is the book that opened my eyes to the financial system. And to me, I said, if they have a financial system that controls us and, uh, subjugates us to slavery. What else are they doing to make us slaves? And in fact, as I looked into every system, it turned out every system was designed. We are in fact slaves, aren't we? Aren't we slaves to their systems? Well, let me put it to you this way. Within a few weeks, I'll have a book out on property rights. And I like to tell people, nobody in the United States owns property. And people say, what are you talking about? I said, well, okay, let's say you rent a piece of property and you'll pay your rent. What happens to you? You're evicted. You own a piece of property and you don't pay your taxes on it. What happens to you? You're evicted. What's the difference? The government controls all of this stuff now. We have become slaves to this. We, we pay for this property for the rest of our lives. And, and you, can, you can say that with so many different things uh, relative to chains around us economically it's it's terrible but they did all this primarily by uh 1914 
Uh, and and you and in my book, I, I trace some of the origins of all this stuff to the Victor Go the Myths and Monuments. I stop in 1876 uh, because I the subtitle of the of the book is uh, the hundred year the first the history of the first hundred years of the war against God and the Constitution in the United States and its modern impact. And a lot of people don't realize the progression the steps that were taken by the Marxists throughout our history that necessitated other steps. Marx in the Communist Manifesto stated that basically, uh, paraphrasing it, that what we can do is establish steps which necessitate further steps and inroads on the old social order. That once you make this first step, you can't. It, it, you keep going down the road towards Marxism unless you go back to point zero, and and we've never gone back to point zero on any of these things. It's just been a steady, slow, but increasingly uh, speeded up uh, steps towards uh, uh, full grown communism. Art, right, you realize everything for them is about power and money, isn't it? When you realize they collateralize our birth certificates. They turn it, I forgot the number, something like $2 million. They they uh, create out of thin air on every birth certificate. But everything for them is about power and money, isn't it? Pretty much. That's because it's, uh, although uh, it's, it. I think you can eliminate money and just say power. Because uh, ultimately, that's really what it boils down to. Uh, you don't, Hitler was poor, Stalin was poor. Uh, Mao Zedong was poor, and as Mao Zedong said, uh, power comes from the barrel of a gun. So it's the power that's the most important. It isn't the money, although they used the money, particularly Hitler. Uh, uh, Stalin didn't need, need need the money. They just you know went out and did what he was to, what they were told to do. And same with Mao. But uh, at any rate, yeah, money and power works. It goes hand in hand until you reach the point where you don't need the money anymore. You just need, you just got the power. Money helps them uh, gain power, I guess. Is oh, yes, say, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the um, let's move to today, twenty twenty two, moving into quickly into twenty twenty three. What is the future of the John Birch Society? Where do you see it going, and uh, how can people get involved? Well, it's a growth industry. We are growing, and uh, they can go to JBS, John Birch Society, jbs.org, and they can look up, uh, you know, how to get uh, more information on the John Birch Society and join the society or order our materials or what have you, uh, get our videos. Uh, but that's pretty much what it, it, what we're trying to do is to grow the organization fast enough until we can overcome what's going on around the country. Uh, the pro- biggest problem we've got is uh, probably, and when it comes to politics in, in particular, is the infiltration of both political parties. Uh, it's obvious in the Democrat Party. You can show, you can document readily that various communist organizations have told their followers to get involved in the Democrat Party, okay? But that is uh, more uh, secretive within the Republican Party. It's there, but it's very difficult uh, to put your finger on and say, see, this is the documentation. 
but you can do it by their actions. I was very active in the Republican Party for years, and I can tell you that the leadership of the Republican Party, particularly at the national level, is not a friend of Americanism and the Constitution. Let me ask you a question from producer Mark, and then we'll wrap this up because we're approaching our hour. Would you agree that both parties were created with a divide-and-conquer agenda by fueling a division within the people? Divide-and-conquer is their motif, isn't it? Yes. In fact, Washington alluded to it, but uh, John Adams uh, specifically uh, called it out as probably the worst possible scenario in in American politics was to have two uh, parties in opposition to one another. Let's talk about your new book. Um, You have a book out and another one coming. Let's talk about the book that's already out. Uh, Tell us about that book. The World of Soros. Influencing elections. And I talk about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, I show mainly the organization behind Soros. Uh, a lot of people, they blame individuals uh, and because they don't understand organization well enough to realize that you've got to have an organization. It's just not one man. You know, back in the day, we used to blame David Rockefeller. We just get rid of that David Rockefeller. If we just stop him, everything would be fine. Well, David Rockefeller died, and everything kept getting just as bad as it was before. And it's the same with Soros. He's 93 years old. He won't be with us very long, but it's not going to stop when he dies. It's the organization that he's part of that will continue on. But I get into his background and some of the things that he's doing uh, and, uh, and influencing across the board in, in our elective process, particularly at the local level, uh, counties and states and, and cities. Thanks to Art Thompson. You can find Art's book, The World of Soros, Influencing Elections, at shopjbs.org. That's shopjbs.org. Before we end the show, I want to tell you about a great opportunity for our Southern California listeners to meet Art Thompson this coming Monday, October 24th at 11.30 a.m., at the Brigantine in beautiful Del Mar, California. It's a special preview and book signing event, The World of Soros with R. Thompson. That's Monday, October 24th, 11.30 a.m. at the Brigantine in Del Mar. I'll be there, so make sure you say hello to me and producer Mark, and you'll get to meet R. Thompson. That's all the time we have on Sovereign Radio. Next week on the show, we'll have a special segment with R. Thompson with some invaluable golden nuggets that he left me with. We'll hear part two of my interview with Kim Yader, and we'll also hear a fascinating story from an Aussie author named Dominician Gennari. Dominician will tell us how he sold the rights to his book, The War of Ascension, to Hollywood or Petawood, and how they tried to insert their pedophile and transgender agenda into the storyline of his book. But to no avail as Dominician walked away from millions of dollars and walked away from the entire deal. Until then, stay in prayer for our nation. Go perform a random act of kindness this weekend and give someone you love a big hug. We'll see you next week for another edition of Sovereign Radio. This is Scotty Sachs over and out. Scotty Sachs here. I'm saluting patriot entrepreneur Mike Lindell. Mike and I both have the badge of honor and God's humility for infiltrating and subverting mainstream media and their sycophants while exposing the truth. 
Now, MyPillow and Mike's Media Companies are slashing prices in support of Sovereign Radio with some great MyPillow specials for you when you use promo code SR2022. Promo code SR2022 will open deep discounts and savings like pillows as low as 1988. Get a top-shelf quality pillow for as little as 1988 or the biggest Bed sheet sale in my pillow history with the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight or slippers just forty nine ninety eight. Go to sovereignradio.net. That's sovereignradio.net and click on the my pillow logo in the upper right hand corner and save up to sixty six percent with promo code SR twenty twenty two. 